0: Great, please take a seat. And Naomi Manzi is going to come and read a passage of the Bible to us.
1: Um, Yes, the readings from Luke chapter 2, verses 1 to 20. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register.
0: Great, well, uh, I just want to share a few thoughts with us this Christmas as we uh, go home with the great excitement ready for tomorrow morning. Uh, The children particularly are very excited, I know. Um, We watched a short video clip earlier just of people around Long Crendon who were talking about what Christmas meant to them or maybe describing Christmas in three words. And they're just kind of normal responses, aren't they? And they're things that each of us might say. Here's a question for you, though. What's the best Christmas present you've ever been given? The best Christmas present. Can you think of one? Tom, you're smiling up there. What's the best? Bad luck. I'm going to pick on you because you're smiling. What's the best Christmas present you've ever been given? So good, you can't even remember. Okay, well, you can all remember your best Christmas present. Well, here's a Christmas present that I was given a few times when I was growing up. Have you seen one of these before? Do you know what it is? A 50-pound note. That's the biggest note you can get in this country. Do you know how you can tell if these are real? You hold them up to the light. Is that real? This is a real £50 note. Now, this is a pretty cool present. When I was growing up, sometimes, if I was lucky, I'd be given one of these. And it's an amazing present because you can do all sorts of different things with it. I love getting a £50 note. Wouldn't we all? This is a real £50 note. You just told me it was. This is quite an expensive illustration. But it's Christmas, and I want us to remember something. I can't take something of great value and rip it in half and then say... You can have 25 pounds, and you can have 25 pounds. I'm very kind. You see, you can't do it. The value in this was when it wasn't ripped. You had to have both halves for it to have value. Now, I want you to remember the story that uh, Naomi just read to us, because it's a story of two halves, and you have to have both halves for the story to have any meaning in your life. But yet, so often at Christmas, we love the first half, but we tend to ignore the second half. I'm just going to explore that for a few minutes. So, firstly, there are two sides to the story. There's the facts. I don't know if you noticed, when Naomi was reading, we heard about a guy called Caesar and a guy called Quirinius. Now, who are they? Well, Caesar was Caesar Augustus. He's the first Roman emperor. There's a picture of him. A statue was made to him. He was a real person who lived. Quirinius was a governor of a place called Syria, and he was a real person too. They even put his face and his name on coins around the ancient times. These were two real people. And Luke, the writer in that reading, gives us these facts about these two people. Uh, He also gave us some facts about the places that were taking place at the time of Christmas, the first Christmas. Did you notice he mentioned Nazareth and Bethlehem? When you look at that map, Nazareth is at the top, at the top of the red line. That's where Mary and Joseph were from. And they had to travel to Bethlehem, which is at the bottom of the red line. Do you know that trip was 80 miles long? We might be able to do that in a car in an hour and a half. This would take them four or five days. And we know that Mary was pregnant, so it was a really hard journey. These are the sort of paths that you can walk along. If you're a tourist, you can actually take this trail from Nazareth to Bethlehem, walking along these paths. Can you imagine what it was like to travel along these paths before that first Christmas? Well, they're the facts. But the question you've got to ask is, are you going to believe that they're true? See, why does Luke, the writer, put these facts in the account of the birth of Jesus? Why are they there? The reason they're there is because he wants us to have confidence that what he writes is true. Now, let me show you something. See, in that box at the top, there's a bloke called Tacitus. He was a Roman historian, okay? He lived about 70 years after Jesus. And he wrote a history of what was happening at that time. There were eight ancient copies of the stuff that he wrote to prove that what he wrote was history, okay? You take the Gospels, that's Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, and we've just had some of Luke read to you. It's a historical account as well. They were written about 30 years after Jesus' life. There are 24,000 copies of the original manuscripts of those. Now, if you're a sceptic and you think, oh, it's all very well having these things read at Christmas, but I don't really think it's true, if you're just, a histor- if it, just from purely a historical point of view, there is far more evidence for the things in the Gospels being true than there is about what Tacitus, the Roman historian, wrote about. And yet, most people would believe about this Roman historian, but they wouldn't believe the Bible. That's quite strange, isn't it? Two sides to the story. There's the facts, what Luke tells us, and the belief. Will we believe the facts? And you have to have both sides for the story to make any sense, for the story to have value. What about two parts of the message? Now, here's a message for you. I'm going to embarrass myself by trying to speak a different language. Here we go. J'ai du chocolat dans ma poche. doesn't sound very French, but it's my best attempt. It's there on the screen if you didn't understand what I was saying. J'ai du chocolat dans ma poche. Now, most people here, or some people, would understand what I've just said or could read what's on the screen, but some couldn't. But you see, there's no God hearing a message if you can't understand it. There's two sides to this story. But if you can understand what I've just said and what is on the screen, you might want to respond. Can anyone understand what is it I've just said? And is anyone going to respond? If you, if you want to respond, you're welcome to. Feel free. Respond. Does anyone know what I just said in a funny language? Because if you know, you can come up here and have what's in my pocket. First person to come up here can have it. Come on, Helen. I think you understand a bit of French. There you go. There we go. There we go. Two parts of the message. There's the message and there's understanding the message. There's no point hearing a message if you don't understand it. Well, listen to the message that we had read in that story. The angels came to the shepherds who were keeping watch on the fields at night, and they said, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. There's the message. Now we hear good news all the time at Christmas time, don't we? So there we go, good news of great joy for all the people. Good news could be the turkey's going to fit in the oven. Good news. Of great joy, that means that lunch will be on time. Good news of great joy for all people. The turkey fits in the oven, it means it's going to be on time, which means none of us will go hungry. Now you hear good news all the time at Christmas, but when the angels came and announced good news, they weren't announcing news about a Christmas turkey being ready on time. They were announcing news of something far, far more important. You see, you can't just hear a message, you also need understanding. What is this good news? Well, we heard in verse 11, A saviour has been born to you, he is the Messiah. The Lord. Jesus came into the world as a saviour. He came into the world to save us, rescue us, because each one of us has turned our back on God. We've tried to live the life that God has given us on our own, and we've said no to him. But he loves us so much he's come into the world to forgive us, to be punished in our place, so that we don't have to be punished. He's a saviour. And we're told in the Bible that He's the Messiah. Do you remember when we were doing the snowmen here and we were thinking about Jesus Christ? Christ is a title that means king. It comes from a Greek word, Christos. Well, Messiah is the Jewish word for the same thing. Messiah means king. So here, when the angels announce there's a saviour king coming, that's really important for us to understand. We can't just hear the message. We've got to understand what the message is. But again, you need both halves of the story for it to have any true meaning or purpose or value. And the last one, two halves to the the, uh, truth. If you notice, when the angel came, what did the angel announce? Peace, peace. We love Christmas time. It's a time for most people of peace will enjoy being with our family and our friends tomorrow. But the peace that the angel was speaking of is not the kind of peace that, that I was just describing, just having a good time with our family, opening some presents and resting in the afternoon, maybe going for a nice walk. The peace the angels were speaking of was something far deeper. It said in verse 14, peace on whom God's favour rests. Let me tell you, God's favour does not rest on good people, or people who go to church, or people who give money to the poor, or people who know the Ten Commandments, or people who read the Bible. God's peace rests on those his favour rests on, and his favour rests on all those who put their trust in him. So people who hear that he's a saviour and say, he's my saviour. People who hear that he's Lord and say, he's my Lord. That's a completely different good news to the good news that the turkey fits in the oven and will be cooked on time, so we're not going to go hungry. It's amazing news. Now just have a, as we come to a close, just have a look. We hear facts... The Christmas story, facts, we hear the message and we like the fact that Christmas is all about peace. We accept these things very easily, but the other half of the story we often choose to ignore, that the facts are meant to be there to cause us to believe, that the message is given so that we might have understanding, and that God came to give us peace, but that peace is for people who put their trust in him. So can I just encourage you this Christmas, there are two sides to the story. There are two parts to the message, and there are two halves of the truth. And maybe just for the first time this Christmas, you'll hold both parts of those truths together. So that this Christmas isn't just a joyful time tomorrow, but a joyful time for the rest of the year and into eternity. Thank you. Well, can I kind of wish you all a very happy Christmas on behalf of our church. Uh, if you're here in Long tomorrow, then it'd be great to see you back for our Christmas Day celebration at 10 o'clock. Um, we're going to sing now. So please do stand with the band. It's not a band. We're going to have the organ even better. Thanks, Simon. Hark the Herod Angel. Let's stand.
2: Eat. I just say thank you um, very much for coming tonight. I hope you've enjoyed uh, this time together with us. Um, I know you've probably got loads of things to do before tomorrow morning, uh, if you haven't wrapped your presents yet and put your turkey in the oven. But there is some coffee and mince pies being served, so if you'd like to stay behind and join us for refreshments, that'd be great. I uh, would enjoy that, having that time with you. Um, as Mark said, um, there's a service here tomorrow morning, and we meet every Sunday as well, and there's loads of other things going on during the week. If you go onto our website, you'll find all the details of those. It'd be great to see you again some other time. But um, let's close now, and I'll let's close in prayer, and then um, give you a chance to come and have a cup of coffee. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for the the good news of Christmas. We thank you that you sent Jesus into the world as a saviour of the world. And uh, we thank you that that brings peace, peace between us and you. And we do pray that you'd help us to understand that message. We pray that you'd help us to believe that message. And that as we do so, we would enjoy the peace that it brings, not just now, but for the rest of eternity. In Jesus' name. Amen.